0: Chapter 4 of The Life and Ventures of the Original John Jacob Astor This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Life and Ventures of Original John Jacob Astor by Elizabeth Louise Gebhardt. Chapter 4. Waiting Years the two years succeeding his fourteenth birthday were summer cycles of time for young astro it was a time when his thoughts ran riot aim and aspirations and longings overtaking each other and stretching out lunging arms into the future life seemed full of boundless possibilities always just beyond his reach these visions haunted him night and day tormenting him in proportion to his inability to take one step forward or cherish one tangible hope he felt like a prisoner in his own town a captive in his own home the life of the village ceased to interest him where once he had felt loyal pride in her institutions now all seemed flat and tasteless nor was this state of mind produced entirely by disappointed ambition. The boy had much natural cause for depression. Within a few years, his mother had died, and his father had married again. As an old chronicler puts it, the new wife loved not Jacob or John Jacob. The wife and mother in this haphazard household had been its mainspring and inspiration. From his mother, John Jacob had received most that made his life worth living. Her provident, industrious ways had caused their little to go as far as possible, and had surrounded her youngest son with a sense of warm-hearted affection, which created a home atmosphere and, in some measure, made up to him for the scantily furnished larder. There had been little ones added to the family in these later years. But there was no increase in the exchequer. So unhappy was life in his own home that rather than sleep in his own bed, Young Astro often spent the night with a friend, preferring to rise before daylight in order to appear at his own door, ready to assist his father at the accustomed hour. During these years he informed the habit of absenting himself from the social gathering of friends, and in his hours of leisure went away to brood by himself. There were doubtless many reasons why it was not easy for him to join in the village festivities and possibly in all these seasons of loneliness his thoughts fled across the seas and for a time he forgot the adverse conditions about him. Letters were not frequent in those days but when they came they bore momentous news, family stories covering long periods, tales of thrilling adventure and accounts of how the world was making history john jacob boasted in after years that he had once walked forty-five miles to get a letter that had come from a brother in england or america it was thought that the news of organ surrender lighted a spark in the boy's mind that burnt secretly brighter and brighter till he at last left his german home a spark of hope for any favourable source was invaluable to him just at this time for there were still two long years before him Full of patient effort to assist his father in the business he so disliked, and also to fulfill home duties in such a way as to conciliate his stepmother. One of these home duties was the care of the little sisters who had come with baby gladness into this depressing home. Though all besides failed the boy, though there was no one at this important period of his life whose thought was bent either on his happiness or advancement, the baby sisters were like stars of promise of good things to come the warm affectionate nature of the lonely lad went out to his little charges and the feeling of his soft baby hand in his hardened boyish palm struck straight to his heart melting the bitter feelings which his environment engendered he could always be trusted to care for the children it has been seen that occasional letters came to the astor family from england and america there was also another source of information regarding the new land, which kept its memory bright in John Jacob's heart. The year the boy was born, July seventeenth, seventeen 1763, the Reverend John Frederick Gebert, the old pastor of Reformed Church of Waldorf, died, and Reverend Philip Steiner succeeded him. The old pastor had baptized the three older Astor boys, and for years counted the Astor family among his parishioners after his death his widow stayed on at waldorf for some years with her children her eldest son john gabriel gebhard was thirteen years john jacob astor senior so when he left waldorf for a college course in heidelberg university john jacob was but a little fellow of five years old heidelberg was only about eight miles from waldorf and john gebhard came and went to and from his mother's home on holidays and at other convenient times. A college student always brings a touch of college life back with him to his hometown, and Heidelberg was rich in interest over and above the usual university student stories. Young as he was, John Jacob's eyes would open wide at the tail of the great tun in the cellar of this class on which the students were wont to climb. A barrel thirty-six feet long and twenty-four feet high would hold many a student upon its curved outer surface as well as 49,000 gallons within. It had only been built about a dozen years when John Jacob was born, so it was still a great and recent wonder to the young people of that day. A Waldorf boy would glory the magnificence of Heidelberg Castle, rather than listen to the tales of imaginary grandeur. It had been struck by lightning when John Jacob was a baby, and by this time, had become one of the grandest ruins in germany after his course at heidelberg young Gebert studied theology for a season in the university of Utrecht, and there he met john harry livingston from america a most able young man and an earnest student naturally word of the young american theologian of the good family reached waldorf and the trip across the ocean seemed the more possible because the ocean was being crossed both ways when john jacob was eighty years old their old pastor's son set sail for america his mother was almost heartbroken, yet laid no hand upon him to detain him giving her best to the service of god the heart of his father's old congregation was with the young minister in his momentous undertaking and equally with the mother in his great separation john jacob was likely to forget that day or the wave of sympathies that swept the village the going of Reverend John Gabriel Geber to America was the more noteworthy since he went in company with two other young men, John Helfrich and John Helfenstein, half-brothers who had also been students of the University of Heidelberg. The three Johns were going to preach the gospel in the new land, not a foreign land in the usual language of missions, but to carry the good tidings of salvation from the birthland to the reformation of the new land whose population was growing rapidly but whose clergymen were few they all signed themselves as was common at that period v d m ministers or servants of the word of god john halfrich kept the journal of the voyage whose main points doubtless were retold to the halfrich and gabbard homes and were shared by friends in the native towns of all three young men End of Chapter 4